Welcome. You're listening to audio from Life Church in Chico, California. We're so glad that you're here. Life Church's mission is simply to connect people to Jesus. You can find out more about our mission and who we are on our website at lifechurchchico.org. All right, let's dive into this week's message. Good morning, everyone. It's a great morning. It's great to be alive. I get to speak this morning. I'm so excited. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Todd. I'm married to this wonderful person right down here named Carrie. She was up here on the worship team. Uh, we have three daughters. They're all college age. So we are officially empty nesters. Yes. So it's a good thing we like each other because <laughs> there's a lot of a together time. It's awesome. Of course, you know, we did get a new house a few uh, a few months ago, and there is an office way out in the back. So, you know, I may end up spending some time there, um, but I really love to be with my wife. It's great. So today, I'm going to continue on in this series that those of you who have been coming to Life Church for a while, we've been going through the book of Ephesians. And as you can see up there, it says, How to Church, Christ's Body, God's Instrument. And we've had a lot of different speakers. It is summertime, so Pastor Jeff has spoke, Pastor Chris, Pastor Manny, I think even Pastor Lan- uh, Lana was up here. Um, I am not a pastor, um, but I love to get up here and talk when I get a chance. So by profession, I'm an educator. I have worked in elementary schools for about 30 plus years, and so I'm used to talking to people. So. Um, you know, Carrie, give me the five for when I start talking too much <laughs> about something that's like, okay, Todd, get back on point. So thank you for being in the front row. You'll make sure that I stay on topic. But I get the opportunity to talk about the armor of God. It's at the end of the book of Ephesians. It's in chapter six. And we can go ahead and put it up on, on the overhead. Um, you know, The armor of God is essentially talking about something that military use. And although I have never participated in a military exercise, other than Royal Rangers, I don't know if anybody out there ever did Royal Rangers, (laughs) the church that I went to. So, you know, we had to have our way of kind of having a Boy Scouts, but it wasn't Boy Scouts. We called them Royal Rangers. And so I was a ranger, and, you know, we had a uniform, and we would go out on campouts, and we could earn buttons and things and pins, and I didn't earn very many of them. Um, But it was a lot of fun. Um, So military, I have not had personal experience, um, but we do have some people in the house this morning that have been a part of the military. So if if that's you, just wave to me, because I just want to, like, give you some high respect for all that you have done for our land, for our people, for America. I mean, yeah. So if if we were to actually have someone talk about the technicalities of of today's uh, armor, I would call you guys up here. Uh, But we're not really going to do that. Um, But I need that five because I've started going off on a tangent. Um, Let's go ahead and read what we have here. 
starting in verse 10, uh, verse 10 of chapter 6 of Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, I put on the full armor of God. Everybody say full. Full. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. So stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. There's probably like 10 sermons in that passage. <laughs> I'm not going to do 10 sermons. I'm just going to do one. Um, but they'll have a lot of different pieces to it. Um, go ahead and go to the next slide. So this next slide, I'd never seen an anime character dressed up in the armor of God. Um, but, you know, look at his face. It's definitely anime. And uh, so, you know, we're not going to really focus right now too much on the different pieces. But I do want to just kind of show that because it does kind of point out the different pieces of the armor. And, you know, if, if we're you know, going to be honest, People back in the day, most of the soldiers didn't probably have gold-plated shields or gold-plated, you know, protections for their feet and on and on. But just to kind of give you a visual of the different parts of the armor, um, you know, Paul uses this analogy, the armor of God, for a number of reasons, I think. And, you know, for me, one of the most primary reasons that he talks about clothing ourselves with the armor is because what's inside that armor? It's you, right? It's me. And you know what that means? It means you're valuable. <laughs> You've got something really important in God's opinion. So important that he's like, hey, take care of that. One of the ways you can do that is to make sure you're wearing the right stuff because armor protects stuff from the outside. The stuff that's inside there, you know, you got to process that maybe a different way. But that armor helps you become strong because it comes from God. And so really, when I think of armor, I think of, it's a uniform, right? The, the soldiers that were walking around, you could tell they were a soldier because they had the uniform on. Now, did they always have their swords and their shields and their helmets on? I don't know. I wasn't back there. Maybe they did, but I have a feeling maybe they kept their shield at home if they weren't going into battle and maybe the sword even. But I think of it as a uniform. Now, a uniform is something that we all are familiar with because you probably haven't worn armor 
right? But you have worn some kind of a uniform. And we know that uniforms have a purpose, right? So I want to show you some uniforms. So the next slide shows some uniforms. Okay, so it doesn't show some uniforms. It shows old school armor. There's the extra. All right, so just take a look here. Okay, you know, I'm speaking so I can show my pictures. Okay, so if you look at every single one of these pictures, you're going to see some type of uniform, and maybe you don't think of it as a uniform per se, but they are in a certain way. So we're going to start at the bottom right. Those are my three daughters, the ones that are all in college. Obviously, this is not college. So you can tell there's a Christmas tree in the back. So these are what? Christmas dresses, Christmas uniform, right? Because when you are going to a Christmas party, you typically don't go in like, you know, cut off jeans. I mean, some people do. I'm not casting shade. I'm just saying, you know, maybe you dress up for Christmas. So my wife being the amazing person she is when it comes to fashion, our girls were always dressed up. Even though it's not exactly the same, you can tell that it's something special. That's the uniform that they had for Christmas that year. Um, right to the left, <laughs> Carrie didn't know I was going to show this. So, <clears throat> look at that cute little kid, right? It says that one time I played, <laughs> I played a sport. <laughs> For like two seconds. <laughs> it's just so cute. Oh my goodness. Uh, the cute little shorts. I mean, I don't know that, you know, most baseball players wear shorts, but, you know, they're cute. But you could tell it's baseball. She has a bat in her hand. She's got the cleats. She's got the hat. And I'm sure there's something on the back that maybe has a number or, you know, your name. But that, that is uniform. Uh, next to it. Okay, so that's a uniform, but in this case, it's costume. Sometimes we put costumes on to kind of hide who we really are, but that's a whole nother sermon. That is Delaney. She was the sultan in, I think, middle school. She was wearing the uniform for that play. Next to it, two oldest daughters. What do you think that uniform is for? See, all you people know, right? You identify what they're doing based on the uniform that they're wearing. They weren't allowed to wear anything else but that black dress. Well, okay, so they could change the shoes out and, you know, but every, all the girls had to wear a black dress. Next to it, down on the bottom, two youngest, where are they at? They're in the snow. Not quite snowboarding. It kind of looks like that, but those are actually, I think we probably had boogie boards that we used for <laughs> sleds back in the day. But you know that they're at the snow and they're dressed right. They have the right equipment on because they're in a place that's very cold. Now, I have seen some crazy people in like, you know, tank tops, some girls in bikinis going down slopes like, I don't know what they're thinking, but they're way better skier than I am because I'd be falling and that wouldn't feel very good. Right above it, the girls getting ready to go parasailing. They had to have something particular for that parasail ride. Obviously, you go up high in the sky. When you come down, you're in the water. You got to have something ready for the water. Going over to the right. Oh, who's that guy? That guy's playing football, right? Field hockey, tennis, swimming. 
No, it's basketball. You can tell because I have a basketball in my hand and because I know those shorts are way too short. That was the style back then, okay? I'm playing basketball. You can tell I'm playing basketball. Next to it, guess what day of school that was? It's the first day, right? Don't you all just, well, most of you are way past school age, but some of you are still school age. Don't you think about that first day outfit, right? You want to make an impression, okay? That's the first day, I think it was five years ago. And it was my first day of students as well. So it was fun. And then, of course, you've got the picture next to them. Now, my girls aren't superheroes. We know that, right? Those are costumes because Halloween, you wear something different, right? If you are into the holiday spirit, okay? I usually am not. That's okay. But the girls are. But the last one I saved for an important reason because we'll talk a little bit more about this piece later. My girls all played field hockey. They love field hockey. Anybody in here play field hockey when you were in high school? Oh, you missed out. So much fun playing field hockey. You got a stick, you got a really hard rubber ball, and you just whack it as hard as you can. Got to play parent-daughter games. So much fun. So much fun. You can't really see it, but some of them have goggles on because it is a hard plastic ball, and you're hitting it with a stick. But if you notice, they all have the same uniform on, right? Yeah, they do. They all have the right, well, this is after a game, so they don't all have their shoes on. But everybody is identified from Chico High. Go Chico. TV. Just kidding. Not really. So Chico High had a tournament far away. And the girls couldn't play unless they had the uniform because they had to be identified with the team that they were on. Let's just ponder that for a second. They all had the same uniform and they all played together and they all had a purpose. If you ever play soccer, it's in my mind, it's kind of similar to field hockey, because everybody has a different position, either you're defensive, you're offensive, sometimes you, you go forward and backward, you got a goalie, everybody knows their position and is easily identifiable, because they're all doing the same thing with the same purpose. Huh. Now, I want to throw this one in here, uh, because... Carrie's dad was actually a firefighter for a whole bunch of years. And this is actually his, his captain hat. And you could tell that if you were close enough, you could tell that it's pretty beat up. Because when you are in a fire and you're battling a fire, you kind of get beat up a little bit, don't you? The flames are coming. You're trying to do, you know, uh, what's that line called? A break line, fire break line. There's a lot of energy and activity and danger that goes in to being a fireman. And, you know, there is a lot of danger that goes in to any profession, but especially being someone in the military. Okay, so this next slide, 
If I could have take, taken it out, I would have taken it out. But just go, go through it real fast. Okay. Me at Taco Bell, right? I worked at Taco Bell for three years. My senior year and a couple years of college. I'm sorry, I loved it. It was a great place to work. The owner appreciated his workers. Uh, his son was the manager. They gave us free food. It was awesome. But if you see that picture and you see, oh man, that is really a long time ago. Um, you can see I have my little Ford Courier. How many of you had Ford Couriers? Okay, like one of us. Okay, it's an awesome truck. Thing would never die. It was awesome. Um, okay, go ahead and go past it. You know, there's something about a uniform um, that is, is comforting because it's unifying and it's identifying, just like the girls in the field hockey. But, you know, Paul was talking to some people that were experiencing some tough stuff as he was writing all of the epistles that he did. And one of the, the letters that he wrote was to someone named Timothy. And so let's go to the Timothy slide. It's actually 2 Timothy chapter 2, 3 through 7. It says, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Let's stop there for a second. So we know that Paul was talking to the Ephesians about the armor of God and the importance of putting it on. And it wasn't just someone up in the ivory tower talking about, hey, you guys make sure that you're, you're doing this. Paul was living it. It wasn't something that he had read in a book and thought, oh, this sounds like a pretty good thing to tell the Ephesians. I think I'm going to just throw that in there. He literally was put into prison multiple times. He was literally beat, whipped, shipwrecked. There's a portion, I can't remember where it's at. I think it's in one of the Corinthian letters where he just kind of goes down the list of everything that's happened to him. And it was not unicorns and rainbows, and confetti, and party time. It was, it was suffering. It was suffering. And so here he is telling Timothy, hey, join me. Come join with me in this suffering, like a good soldier. Because if you're a soldier, you got to stay focused. You got to have the right armor, and you have to have the right mindset. But I also like how Paul throws in a couple different things for people maybe who aren't as adept with the military stuff. He says, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. So another example, military people need to do certain things to be successful. Athletes need to do certain things to be successful. The last one. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. In other words, oh, oh man, we live in, in an area where there's a lot of farms. I grew up in Southern California. There were some vineyards around. Uh, I think there was like an olive orchard. Um, I think they're all gone by now. But I wasn't really connected to the farmer like I am now. My girls went to school with farmer's kids. They work hard. 
During harvest time, they're up before dawn. They're working till after the sun goes down. It's not an easy profession. But wow, the rewards are great. You're providing food for people. You are impacting people's lives because following after Christ is not the easiest thing to do. And I think if you're new to the faith, hopefully you're understanding that it is absolutely amazing to be a part of the body of believers that you're a part of because the community that we have here is amazing, I feel. I feel like Life Church is one of the healthiest churches I've ever been, and it's awesome. There's people that care. There's people that will reach out. It's not that way everywhere. And even with the best of community, there's still hard stuff that you are going to go through because life is not easy. Stuff happens that you are not ready for. And that's why you need the armor. That's why you need the community, because it protects you and it helps you stave off the enemy's attacks. And I also like how Paul uses an analogy that has stood the test of time. Like if you would say, be, you know, being a believer is like being a cobbler. Do people know what a cobbler is? Some do, right? But I, I think he was so smart in using a military analogy because he knew there were always going to be people mad at one another and there were always going to be people knowing what it means to fight for the right thing. And he always knew that people were going to understand that you have to prepare yourself because the battle's going to come your way. I also like that... The army is not a solo mission. You don't have, I mean, there's some movies where it's like this one guy and he takes on, you know, 30 people and he takes them all down and he doesn't get a scratch. He gets a little dirty because he had to crawl under barbed wire, but that was it. That's not reality. Typically, military have a number of people in their group. It's not a one-man show. And if we go to Ecclesiastes, it, it reinforces that. A three-strand cord is not easily broken because two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a three-cord strand is not quickly broken. Do we know of groups of armed people, military, whether it's the Army, Marines, that have suffered defeat? Of course. But when they have joined together, there's always, if they're on the same page and they're there with the same end goal, a way better percentage that they are going to be successful. 
Have you seen those movies where it's a few soldiers against like this big army? Come, I'm, I'm thinking 300, right? Have you ever seen 300? Okay, right? There is this part in the movie where there's 300 um, soldiers, I think, you know, and they are going to go against this bigger army. The leader of this other army is a really trippy dude. And the leader of the 300 is like, hey, everybody, get together. Because, you know, they were kind of, they were with their, their shields and they had their swords because they had slaughtered some people before. But now they were coming up with something that was beyond their individual abilities. And so they all gathered together. And what did they do? You just see all these shields going up, right? It's like, wow. Isn't that how the body of Christ is supposed to be? When we're being attacked by the enemy, and we know that we're going to give it our best shot, but, oh, I don't think I'm going to make this on my own. We don't go farther away from other people. We go to our friends, our brothers and sisters who are in the, in the army too. And we link up, and all of a sudden, instead of having a shield that's this big, all of a sudden, you've got a shield that is above you, in front of you, on the sides of you, behind you. All of a sudden, now, you've got reinforcements. Is that going to be much stronger and more successful than just you standing there by yourself? Of course it is. Of course it is. If you think about the relationship of people in the army, it's just amazing how you go to boot camp from what I hear and they just like run you into the ground to train you that it's just not you. You are there for your brothers and sisters. And then there for, I don't know, like 10 years ago, maybe less than that. I was on this kick of watching those military shows that kind of chronicled uh, like the Green Berets or the uh, Airborne Paratroopers or, you know, those select elite groups. Oh, my goodness. Talk about the training and the, the just brutal emotional training that they went through, physical training that they went through. And, but the camaraderie that they went through it was like these guys were willing to die for one another. And it was like when they went into these secret missions, it was like they didn't have to do a bunch of, so what do you think? Hey, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I never thought of it that way. It was like they operated as one unit. Think of what the body of Christ could do if we were unified like that. If we all had our armor on and we were unified, think about what our marriages would be like. And I'm not talking about a brainwashed, like, uh, you don't have an opinion, and so you can't share your opinion. I'm not talking about that. we got a bunch of human beings. We're all going to have an idea. Some of us are a little more like, okay, whatever you think. Some of us are like, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. Okay? And then there's everybody in between. I'm talking about if you and your spouse were connected in such a way where It didn't always have to be your way. It didn't always have to be their way. It's whatever way fit best in that situation. And then you're just like, let's do it. Or as a parent, 
okay, I kind of grew up, I love my parents. They love me. My dad was just kind of an authoritarian. You know, my dad would say, this is what we're going to do. I'm like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Okay. And my personality was great. That doesn't really work with every personality to have someone telling them exactly what they need to do. As time has gone on, it feels like culture has made it a little more acceptable to allow kids to be a part of decisions. Not that they wag the tail. Is it wag the dog? They're not the tail that wags the dog. I think kids, remember I'm an educator here, so we do this at school. It's like, we need to have kids involved in what's going on, number one, so they'll know what's going on, and it teaches them how to make decisions in the future. But it's okay to allow kids into the world of decision-making. But the final say, you're the parent. But maybe your kid has an idea that you didn't think of, and it's way better than yours. Take it. That's unity. It doesn't have to be my way. It doesn't have to be their way. And maybe it is a combination of the two. But imagine the strength of that relationship when both sides are feeling valued. Man, it works. It also works on the job. I mean, it's so helpful when you work with people who it feels like they like you. (laughs) Or if they don't like you, at least they are cordial and they treat you with respect, how much more are you going to be able to get done? That's what unity is. And when you are operating in whether it's a team or at work or a spouse or a kid relationship, and you are unified, it's amazing. I think that's one of the reasons why our leadership has brought this series to us. Because if you think about Ephesians, it talks a lot about people getting along and unity and maturing as a believer. Remember back in some of those other chapters, it talks about Jews and Gentiles getting along. That was a brand new concept. It was only the Jews that knew the law and that knew God, but all of a sudden, Jesus came, everybody, be a part. So Paul is trying to make this connection that we are all a part of the same team. We're all a part of the same army. And it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, man or woman, if you are, military terms, the general or the private, if you're the pastor, if you're the person that does some other activity around the church, we're all a team. And the only way that God's plan can can be maximized or reach its full potential is if we are unified, and we will be so much more unified if we have the right gear on, if we have the things that we read about earlier. If you think about it, we won't achieve all we're supposed to achieve if we are not looking out for one another. Because there's 
tough stuff that happens. Many of you know my brother passed away from cancer about three months ago. Fought it for two years. And there are many of you who have experienced that same thing. And what do you do when that happens? Because there's a lot of things, as an introvert, I could have done. I could have ran and just hid out, not talk to anybody. That wasn't the healthiest thing. Talk to people. Process it. It's going to take a long time to process something like that because he was my only sibling. I think about him every day. But because I had that army around me, I am continuing to put one step in front of the other. Because sometimes when you have been attacked, and it can feel like an attack when someone close to you passes away, even if it's something they fought for a long time or if it's something that just happened like that, it feels like an attack. And, you know, sometimes that shield of faith, it ain't so strong. It's kind of like a little on the side here, like I'm still holding on to it. I still believe God is faithful. But man, I pray that he was going to be healed. But it didn't happen. So what do I do with that shield of faith? I got brothers and sisters around me saying, hang in there, Todd. Hang in there, Todd. Sometimes when you are going through battle, that sword, I mean, the sword is the word of God, it tells us. We read that earlier. It's the sword of the spirit. We know that the word of God is like, you know, I don't know how many words there are in the Bible, but there's a whole lot of words. And there's words that, are really applicable sometimes in the words that are like, that makes no sense to me. I'm not going to read that right now. When you're going through battle, that sword is something that you can use. You know, sometimes a sword is used as an offensive weapon when you're battling. Sometimes it's a defensive weapon. I learned that in the men's group. (laughs) So sometimes when you're in that battle, Sometimes you're just like, you got the shield up here and, you know, maybe you're here and, you know, maybe you're more like, like this, you know, you're just crawled up like, oh God, help me. You know, and you got your brothers and sisters that come by like, it's okay, dude. I'll put my shield right next to yours. All right. And you're not up to using the word of God right now. I'm going to use it for you. Okay. No weapon formed against him is going to prosper. All those who rise up against him is going to fall right? That's when we come together, and that's when it doesn't matter how strong I am. It matters how strong we all are, and it doesn't matter how how I'm utilizing my armor. It's how we're all utilizing our armor. I mean, it's a real thing, people. It's real. The battle is real, and I want to be successful. I want to see us do all that God has called us to do in the city of Chico. But it's not just going to be Pastor Chris and Pastor Jeff and all the other pastors. They're not going to make it by themselves. It's all of us connected, unified with our armor up. 
Because when you're down, I can come alongside you. Say, dude, I totally understand what you're going through. I've been there. I'm going to put my my shield up too. You got your helmet on, right? Because you're saved. Even though you're feeling kind of weird right now, Jesus loves you. He died for you. The devil can't take that away. That righteousness, that, that breastplate of righteousness, right? You're going to have messed up thinking sometimes. Try to think the right stuff. That's going to help a whole lot. Because the enemy's going to try to jab you in the heart, get it all twisted, all yucky. Keep that breastplate on because it guards, what do we call this? The abdomen, where all your organs are. It's kind of an important place, dude. Keep it on. And that belt of truth, go ahead and go to the picture that has all the different pictures on it, the old school pictures. That belt of truth, right? You think, belt of truth. So this is the belt that they had, right? We know that you get a sword right here. Ah, not good. They're going to have to have something to protect it. So sure enough, they have this big leather belt. Now can a super, super sharp Sword, say that fast three times. Super sharp sword. Go through leather. Well, yeah, probably so. But remember, you got that sword and you're whacking with the, uh, I'm sorry, you got the shield and you're whacking with the sword. That belt, it's truth. Because the enemy is going to try to make you all kinds of crazy. You got to stick with the truth. Because the truth is going to keep you centered. Man, how many of us know people who kind of went off and they started thinking something that was different than what the Bible said was truth. And it wasn't much longer where they were just like, are you for real? You got to keep the truth at the core. That belt also would hold the sword. So, you know, they're walking around and all of a sudden, there's the sword. They didn't have to like go back to their camel or whatever it was that they were Riding, grab that sword. It was right there. And it kept their garment from getting in the way. Right? They had these long flowy tunics. This belt kept everything safe. And then you got the little dangly pieces. Okay, I appreciate those. Okay. If you're fighting, you want to make sure everything's covered. Then check out those shoes. If you can see them, they've got little nubs on the bottom, right? I never knew this until men's group. You've not been to men's group? Think about it. Men's group talked about how those little nubs, when you're fighting, they're almost like cleats in baseball. Like when you get into the batter's box, you're like, you can do this. And you're like, dig them in there. You ain't going anywhere until you swing. That's what those nubs were, right? When you're battling, you got to make sure you have sure footing. Peace. Call them your feet are shod with peace, right? There's nothing like having peace. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing like you're having this crazy day, and then you think about the, some relationship you have, whether it's a best friend, your spouse, or, or a kid, and you're just like, oh. it's like an oasis. It's like a cool drink of water. It's peace. Peace kind of just keeps you firmly grounded because you know that things are going to work out. God said, 
He's got you covered. It may not look like it. He's got you covered. And it's like, it like, okay, at the, at the end of the day, God's got my back. Even though maybe everybody else is busy, I've tried calling all my friends, they're all busy. Okay, God, it's you and me. And you know what? He can give you peace. You don't understand it. You don't know where it came from. But you get it. And it gives you that chance to regroup and then go for it. It's not an easy thing, though. It is not an easy thing. There's a lot of things that are going to try to come at us. They're going to try to knock us down. Ultimately, our, our belief and at the core of our belief system has to be God is a good God and he is sovereign. And even though things don't make sense, somehow, and it may not be till I get up into heaven, I'm going to understand it. That's how it is right now with my brother. I just, it just does not make any sense to me. He was so young, he had so much to give. And that's one of those things where I continue to be in the process of like, this doesn't make sense to me, God, but I know that eventually I'm going to understand. And I have so valued people coming around me because ultimately, we are a part of each other. Go to the, to the last slide. So, SWAT team, right? We're all a part of the team. And I wanted to close with this slide. And you notice I got side by side. It's because one of them kind of shows a little bit more detail. We don't have swords nowadays. We've got other weaponry. But every good person in the military is going to have something covered in their head. They're going to have some kind of protection around their organs. They're going to have some kind of shoes that allow them traction. They're going to have some kind of belt that keeps their pants up, right? Sometimes you'll see right uh, right officers with their, their shields up. Sometimes you won't. The battle still rages. But what I really like about the one on the right is that light that's shining from behind. Just the like, yeah, they're all a team, but they are having God direct them. That's what we are doing here. When you come and you participate, whether it's a small group or uh, the firm foundation or the uh, life tracks, whatever it is, you're making connections with your team member, with your fellow soldier. And you can talk to each other about the specific weapons that I mentioned. For me today, it was really about 
We are all in this together, and we are going to make it because we have each other. But we do need to remember that we all have a responsibility to do our part to clothe ourselves in the things that are going to help us be successful. You have to pick up that shield of faith, even if you kind of lean in it on the ground. You got to have that sword in your hand. You got to have the helmet. You got to be thinking the right things. You got to have a heart that's motivated by the right things, the righteousness of God. And you just, at the end of the day, you just got to know that God's got your back. And allow yourself peace with that. Some of us have a hard time with that. I think everybody has a hard time with that at one time or another. But God has your back. And oftentimes, he has your back by the people that you're sitting next to, by the people that you drove in to the parking lot with. Friends, my challenge to you is, what are you wearing? Do you have the armor on? Are you doing life solo? Or are you a part of a bigger body that is there to support you and help you through the tough times that are, they are going to happen? They are. I think I'm going to end right there. I'm going to end on that peaceful exhale. Please bow your heads. Maybe we can get some music playing. Lord, I'm so grateful, so grateful for you, so grateful for the people that you've put into my life, so grateful for the things that you have provided for us in your word that can cause us to be clothed in things that can help us defeat the enemy. And I am also even more grateful for you, for your presence that is always with me. Even though I can't feel it all the time, I know you're always with me. And Lord, right now, I just want to pray to every single person that is here that they will, they will do their part, that you will give them grace to put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, their feet with the peace that comes from knowing you, the belt that keeps them grounded in truth, that they will have the shield up, that they will have their sword. Lord, I just pray that you would help them to do that, that you would help them to find the community that they were a part of and either be the soldier that provides the shield or allow someone else to provide the shield. Lord, I just thank you, and I pray that you would just bless them this coming week. And I ask all this in the name above all names, the name of Jesus.
Thank you for listening today. We hope that this week's message encouraged you. Life Church meets every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10:30 a.m. here in Chico, California. You can also listen to us online during our 9 a.m. live stream. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, so please visit our website, lifechurchchico.org.